Hello everyone and welcome to the Lion of Vienna Suite podcast episode 63. My name is Dan Murphy and I'm joined by three lads who will try and not be as disappointing as CM Punk's UFC debut last night. One of them people is Mr Chris Manning. Chris, how are you? Hello Daniel, I'm absolutely fine, thank you. And I too laughed in the face of CM Punk's stupid, entitled, rich white ass as he got absolutely battered by that fellow, uh, which, you know, you get... You get what you deserve, don't you, when it comes to being mm-hmm. uh, a public figure and thinking you're good at everything. Look at the prime example. Do you remember Liz MacDonald from Coronation Street? Rings a bell, but I can't say it. Rings a bell. Well, she first left Coronation Street thinking she was the big I am because she won a couple of BAFTA awards. She went and did various um, pathetic, hopeless fitness DVDs and then went back to Coronation Street with a tail between her legs. Um, this... Slightly rambling metaphor is my opinion on what will happen to CM Punk as he enters the Royal Rumble in January. Interesting for me. I feel like he's a person who'll hold a grudge and just never come back. I'm just continue to get to get battered in UFC until the we can all his hope head so. falls off his shoulders. Someone else who will undoubtedly have an opinion on that is Mr. Tom Wilson. Tom, how are you? And were you laughing at uh, little Phil Brooks's demise as well? Hi, yeah, I'm good, and yeah, I, I'm a I'm a big CM Punk fan, but it was it was funny. Like mm-hmm. he just got t- taken down instantly and just got laid into. Yeah, I actually yeah. like last night saying CM Punk's gonna get absolutely twatted, didn't he? And then some yeah. people who know inverted <laughs> commas UFC was like coming at me, knowing Gal's just as an experienced and Punk could do something here, and I'm like, <laughs> there's absolutely <laughs> no way it was going to end. <laughs> oh, man. I watched it this morning. He didn't even get a punch in. He just got absolutely bad. And so, and the third guest today, someone who didn't stand us up, he didn't manage to stick to his word and appear on the podcast. It's Mr. Johnny Eckersley. I'm I'm no doubt uh, certain you have no opinion on CM Punk in the slightest. No, I have zero opinion on CM Punk. <laughs> I'm afraid, um, not a wrestling or UFC fan. Well, I watch UFC when it's when Conor, Conor McGregor's fighting because he's a bell end, and I love to see, yeah, love see him get knocked out. However, yesterday when the fight was on, I was so spectacularly hungover from Friday night. I went to bed at half past eight. Wow! So there you go. Today That's I'm feeling slow. Slow down, Pete Doherty, eh? Fucking hell. I know. <laughs> so not even nice to see old Golovkin batter Phil Brook as well. Break I did. I watched that. My, the, one of the first ever boxing matches I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I got it through my dodgy Sports Mania stream on the old Amazon stick, and, and I watched it. Um, and I just kept getting visions of Ivan Drago. from the, the, He should have thrown the towel in when the Kazakhstan national anthem came on because... The, the fight was lost then, and it's an absolutely dominant national anthem, and I recommend mm-hmm. everyone goes and listens to it. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Have you seen that vine? <laughs> seen that oh. vine of the guy trying to throw the towel in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny, and it's I've seen some hilarious as, captions. <laughs> almost as funny as the um, CM Punk vine, where he, he tries to throw the most weakest punch in the world, it gets taken down, and then 124 seconds later, he's tapping out like a little girl. It was very, very, very amusing to my mind. Mm-hmm, yeah. Bitch. The boxing was quite good, actually. It was one of the best boxing matches I've ever seen, I think. It was Kelbrook, he, he gave his all, but he just could not match Golovkin in the absolute True. slightest. Like, Brook was giving his all, and the punch, like, Golovkin, he was punching him square in the fucking face about 30 times, and Golovkin didn't even fucking flinch. Then one punch from Golovkin on Brook, and his eye broke, so <laughs> I think... I think his corner did quite well to throw in the towel. But speaking of throwing in the towel, Bolton Wanderers lost. No, not lost. Well, pretty much lost because they didn't <laughs> win. And that's all that matters in the football these days. They failed to beat MK Dons. Good save, Daniel. Good save. 
<laughs> what can I say? Another draw, third draw in a row. Third one, one draw in a row. Yeah, third one, one draw in a row. As they drew with the yeah. UK Dons on the weekend. Uh, old Mark Davis put the whites ahead, but bad defending led to Wiggins, obviously. Ryan Colclough yeah. equalising in the second half. Chris, no one in three. Why was the game disappointing or what? I don't know really. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because I mean, one way you can look at it is that it's the third draw on the trot, um, third game in which we've been unable to keep a clean sheet. But on the other hand, we're still top of the league and we didn't lose. So ultimately, it's a long all season, forty-six games. Does it really matter if you don't win every week? As long as you keep ticking on, then uh, we're still top somehow. Which I think just goes to show that the league's pretty weak. Um, the fact we've dropped six points in the last three games and we're still, I think we're still two clear or one clear ahead of Scunthorpe. Um, too clear. Yeah, I, I wasn't disappointed at all. I was maybe a little bit frustrated, but I think newfound sense of perspective means that it was a bit daft to get too damn beat about it. There's a few negatives, yeah. um, and they're all nit. Yeah, they're all nitpicking negatives. We'll talk about them in a bit, but yeah, overall, I came away with uh, with a sense of we're still in for a decent season, and I still got confidence in this team. Mm-hmm. Maybe with one or two additions and one or two little tweaks here and there. But uh, again, we'll discuss that as time goes on. Mm. Um, I took my little girl to the game actually as well. She's oh, was it a first? Only bit. No, no. Yeah, in fact, although it's a coincidence that um, Facebook messages, whatever you call it, but it comes up with what you did a couple of years ago. It was two years today since the very first game, oh. um, and she's been to about four now, and we haven't won any of them. So <laughs> I just think if anybody wants to blame anyone, you can blame her. She's five, and um, she likes My Little Pony, and she's an absolute curse of Bolton Wanderers. Bit like me. Yeah, leave her on. Leave her on. What I will say is that. I didn't go to the game because I'm going to Walsall instead and money only goes so far these days. What I will say is that it might not mean much now and you can put a positive light on it at the minute. As I said, we're still top, still two points close, still unbeaten. But come the end of the season, those six points, I, maybe not six because I think we're lucky to come away from Charlton with a draw, but we should, I think we really should have won South End, absolutely. And we probably should have made our first half dominance count more against MK Dons. We should have killed the game off. So that's that is four points dropped, and that could that could be a bit of a difference come the end of the season. And it is a bit worrying at the minute how we aren't killing games off just yet. And you know, defensive errors and the wide areas specifically seem to be costing us a little bit. It's to me no win, no winning free. That's how I've been choosing to look at it because I'm pessimistic heart is a little bit worrying, especially when the last two games we've had were ones we should have won, and you know we've got Bradford on the horizon, which. It's an absolutely massive game, as we said on last week's podcast. But Johnny, what do you think of the game? Um, well, yeah, I think everyone everyone will agree how good we were in the first half. Um, I mean, I, I said to my uncle who I go to the game with, must have been five or six times, like about how bad MK Dons were. Like I thought we had so much time on the ball, and it was almost like. It, it, they were making us. They were kind of pulling us down to their level in, in some respects. Especially after the goal, we were, we were so like pedestrian. Um, and like you said, Dan, if if we pushed on and sort of tried to get a couple more before half time, the game would have been over with. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think our sort of not laziness. I don't really know how to put it. Just a, bit, a little bit lackluster. If we'd have really had the impetus and yeah, a little bit, yeah. And uh, if we'd have just kind of. It's taken the game by the scruff of the neck and gone out there and bagged a couple more, which was more than more than possible. Um, I think we, we would have come away with with three points in it, and it could have two two or three goals would have really kind of opened the floodgates. I think. Mm-hmm. I would say that MK Dons are probably a 
well, they came down with us. Obviously, they finished above us last year. They have some good players in that team. They might be like they might look shit, but you know they're definitely a better quality caliber of player on paper and that type of thing. But they yeah. had a very poor start to the season, though. It's similar. I think like for a shade of like, grace, we were never gonna maybe not dominate as much as we did against an absolutely turgid no, team when MK Dons are a bit more. Our level, shall we say? Even though we did smash them last year and the uh, at the Reebok, so it's a bit of a bit of a fall down. Um, Tom, what do you think of the game? Did you do you echo Johnny and Chris's thoughts? Yeah, it was very unenjoyable for me. I, <clears throat> I think it was a carbon copy of sorts of the um, South End game. I think we should have won it. We were by far the better team. The referee had an absolute stinker. Yeah, it seems to be a common trend. This. Yeah, the referees in League One are just like the drop off between the qual the refereeing quality from the Championship to League One is actually really scary. Because mm. in the Championship, you get a few games a season where the referee is like... Reading at home when we have yeah. three players injured. That one. Yeah. But it happens every game in this league, and it really shouldn't. Maybe, do you think we need to like adapt to more referees being shit and just start being a bit more dirty? And giving I think we do kind of bring it on ourselves because we're not the cleanest team in the world. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that later on I think when it comes to bookings and Jay Spearing now the fact that we're, we're not shy of putting our foot in but maybe we're not being clever enough about how we do uh, we yeah, do go about the game I Jamie think, Proctor especially yeah I, I agree with you Chris I've seen what you've been saying on Twitter I think I, I got involved about Proctor and, and Medine and they're, they're all all our centre forwards are from the same school of if you don't get a decision flap your arms about continuously and always, always in the referee's ear and I think it, that comes from because we're, we're such a big fish in, in a small pond at the moment in this league, being the size of the club that we are and the facilities, etc., etc., um, we, we kind of got a bit of big club syndrome, a little bit like the likes of United and Chelsea and, and big teams in the Premier League have when they maybe play lesser teams like your Burnleys and your Hulls and stuff like that. And they, they expect to get everything, and when they don't, it's it's kind of they're a little bit put out. I'm throwing the tide at the pram. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's something we need to adapt to because it doesn't look like it's going to get any better, really. So we just need to get in the fucking muck with everyone else. If we're getting, you know, if our strikers are moaning because they keep getting failed by big centre backs, just fucking push them back and stop being a soft ass and falling over and complaining every time it happens. Put a little bit more mm. fight into it because it's clear we're not getting those free kicks. So yeah, um, I may as well. You know, it's weird being a club now that is relatively stable and doesn't have any bad things going on behind the scenes because it leaves this podcast with not much to talk about really so we just have this game pretty much and then Warsaw coming up next week but may as well just go through those those old ratings again Chris Mark Howard saved a penalty and he certainly did yeah and yeah um, I mean I'm going to put my ratings up later on tonight or tomorrow depending on how it goes Um, I have a great deal again I didn't think but what he did, he did sort of quietly and without much fuss. And, and to save a penalty, obviously, is is fantastic. I can't remember last time we had a penalty saved for us, which went in our favour. But no, a great. Um, the early season complaints about his distribution being a bit poor, I think, or a little bit over the top from what I've seen. Last couple of games, it looks like he knows he knows when to put his foot through the ball and knows when to pass it out and, and sort of build from the back a little bit, Claudio Bravo style. Um, yeah, no no problems from me at all. Long long may his reign of terror continue. Uh, Johnny, what do you think of Howard? What was his penalty save like? Uh, I think he's a, he's a great keeper. Um, I think he's much better than Amos. Uh, uh, I'm glad we, we let him go. Um, 
and I'm just I think he I think he's got it. His kicking the range of his kicking in terms of distance is brilliant. There's there's quite a few keepers, particularly in the championship last season, who, who distribution in terms of how far they can kick it is quite poor for a grown man who's a professional footballer. <laughs> but he can. I mean, only just reaching halfway or a little bit further is pretty poor, but he can kick it, I'd, I'd say, to the edge of the, the opposition's penalty area, really, which is decent. Um, and yeah, say, how far can you kick it, Johnny? Um, TVC. <laughs> TVC, that, mate. <laughs> um, but after the penalty save was great, mate. He, he tipped it onto the bar, which made it all the more dramatic. And then it bounced out and he caught it. So it was like, there was... Kind of the moment where everyone cheers when he saves it, and then it hit the bar, and there was a gasp, and then he he, he smothered the ball, and then it was like the save all over again. Um, shit penalty though, really mm. shit penalty. He said it with his said it with his foot and tipped it onto the bar, so he actually went the other way. Yeah, um, it, it was yeah. Poor. Have I told you my um, Have I told you my Kieran Agard story, Johnny? No, no, go on, <laughs> Johnny. My Kieran Agard story, Dan. Oh, I think it is. Is it something to do with his tattoos? Yeah, yeah, well, Johnny, he, when I got married a couple of years ago, he stayed, their Bristol City team were playing Preston and they stayed in the same hotel as us and um, went down for breakfast the next morning with a bit of a sore head and I was stood next to Kieran Agard in the buffet getting me breakfast and he's got his own name tattooed on the inside of his right arm, much like Craig Davies has. So oh, my God. Not only does he take a bad penalty, but he doesn't know his own first, his own full name either. What an utter villain. That is Oh, Steve God. came down for breakfast in a suit and flip-flops as well, but that's another story. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm covered in tattoos, and that's... I mean, some people don't like them, but that is utterly inexcusable. <laughs> oh, it's pathetic. Sorry, Daniel. So bad. That's not always... T- I've just seen the penalty save. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good, and we'll no doubt come on to Boxton very soon, but I, I think I may be defending him once again. But, Tom, what do you think about Howard? I like Howard. I, I feel confident watching him. And that throw that he did to um, unleash Kesher. Oh, when he was fouled? Yeah. Yeah, that was, oh, damn. So, I don't know if you've watched the highlights, but Howard, I think Howard caught a cross. And uh, Keshe Anderson was out, this is in the second half, so he's out wide on the left-hand side. And he made a great run. And Howard absolutely launched it. And um, the defender misjudged the bounce and then just, just hauled Anderson down. But... If, if the defender hadn't touched him, he was never going to catch him. And Anderson was one-on-one with the keeper. Um, but And he had so much space. But it was such a he just caught it straight away and launched it out. So, hashtag vision. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's good. Cause it makes, you know, we've, we've said at times that, especially in Bristol Rovers, it looks like Parkinson's trying to make us a bit more good on the counter-attack. So, if Howard can get involved in that. And we saw it against South End when he had that big kick-up to Anderson, which Anderson managed to catch and just get a shot just on target. Looks like a, an outlook. Howard's gonna, you know, it's it's all right to go direct every now and then. And Howard looks like he's he's up for being quick when needs be. Yeah. So Lewis Buxton coming for some slack. Just seen the highlights. He got absolutely rinsed for the goal. Now he's got he's been rinsed by someone a lot quicker than him. A good piece of skill. That happens. So I'm not gonna be that mean to him. I didn't see the whole game, but I, I think that happens sometimes. You know, skillful players beat. Plodding fullbacks. That's what that's what the game's all about. And then the penalty. I I I don't if if it's a foul, uh, absolute worst, and it's outside the box. I, it's never a penalty in a million years for my reckoning. But Chris, I imagine you're going to be harsh on old Lewis. Um, I was, but then you've just made me think about it again. To be honest, and I guess you he can't help being slow, plodding, old. Um, 
He's fairly the youngest useless. Looking thirty-three-year-old I've ever seen, or to be fair. Uh, oh, is, he 30, is he 33? Yeah. yeah, you have met me in fairness, um, so I suppose that's, <laughs> yes. that's, 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 that's <laughs> totally true. Um, I, I don't know, he's a fullback in here, I don't expect my fullbacks to be fantastic footballers, but he's just a bit meh, and he's, he's, he's a bit too much like Danny Butterfield for my liking, he's, <sighs> he's not that quick, he, 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 given credit, he, he's got the, the potential, he puts in a great cross from time to time, but I just find him a bit slow and a bit weak, um, which we'll, we'll talk a bit more about when we start talking about Liam Chotter in a bit. Um, I don't know. I don't think we've got anybody spectacularly better. Um, I don't remember the last time I saw... No, I don't remember last time I saw Laurie Wilson play, so I can't remember whether Laurie Wilson's any good or not. Sorry, uh, down the money road, Sam. But I think it's time that, like Moxie, we give the fullback a break because I know Buxton hasn't played for a while. He's come in and he's done all right in his first few games, but... I don't know if he needs to sit a couple out because he was. He's made he made a mistake against Southend when he got cut back. He got mm-hmm. caught inside, and he got mugged by a guard at weekend penalty or not, um, and it cost us. So, yeah, it's a five and a half out of ten. Not to give a spoiler away too much from my ratings. Tom, do you think Buxton should be dropped in favour of Laurie or Vella? Yeah, I think he'd been a bit generous. I think Lewis Buxton is absolutely terrible. He exists solely for the reason to remind like teenagers who are not that good at football that there's still a chance. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so frustrated watching him. And I see people on Twitter say, like, oh, he's good at crossing. That's a good part to his game. But I don't think he is. I think he's just an okay crosser. I take okay over <laughs> shit. Personally. Yeah, well, he might he might be all right at crossing, but he never he never fucking gets up there. He, he can't cross yeah, it from right back, can he? Because he he's so, he's so slow getting around the wide play. He never gets he into a position where, that, he, where he can cross it. By the time he's got up, by the time he's got up to the top, it's too late. Anyway, could the attack finish five minutes ago? Yeah, exactly. It's fucking like yesterday. I agree with you, Dan. Like he he was turned inside out several times, but he's he's up against someone who's got three yards more pace than he has. Um, from a standing start, but for the for the goal, he, he was just his position was all wrong, and Spearing's partly at fault for the goal as well because he gave the ball away like a balloon, um, and then there was no one to help cover um, because of where he gave the ball away. So it it was just he just wasn't very good, and that the foul uh, never a penalty. I don't know if you've seen the pictures that Mark Isles tweeted, like where the foul was outside the box, and then. Uh, where the I've forgotten his name. Where the player who was fouled fell, but there's a good sort of six yards in between the two. Um, so again, that's that's piss poor refereeing, as, as everyone knows. But just the fact that Buxton, that the, the nature of the foul, that he literally had both his hands on on um, I think it on was the other guy's shoulder. Was it Agard? I think it was. He had him on his. He had him, he had his hands on his shoulders and like literally dragged him down, and it's not even like a professional foul. It's just I've been beaten, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hack him. Very much like me at five aside chasing somebody who's a lot faster than me. Which is yeah, it's, everybody. It's, tip, it's typical, and it, that shows. I mean, 33 is not old in the grand scheme of things, as I'm Thanks. sure you'll tell us, Chris. But <laughs> it's it just shows his age as a footballer. Um, and like, I agree with you, Chris. I think he he needs a rest. Fair enough, I still think he's the best option we have there at the moment. Much better than Laurie, as much as Tom will undoubtedly be screaming into the abyss right Well, 
why why not why not play Vela there and then play somebody out somebody well else wide? We haven't got any over midfielders. But I don't but think he has been playing very well in midfield personally. Not to yeah, been, Vela was terrible yesterday. Give another spoiler he's, away. But he, he, looking back to the season before last, and I don't. I want to go back to a previous topic we've, we've discussed many a time is how, how we're a bit blinkered when it comes to our academy players when they come through. People are still pining for Andy Kellett, for fuck's sake, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm Jamie, all for... Jamie Thomas deserves a game. Of course he does, yeah. I mean, I'm all for uh, I'm all for him having a, having a, a go at right back because, yeah, he was perfectly passable. But I can remember an, a number of times where Vela was caught under the ball. Vela was caught for a lack of pace, which is the same problem that, uh, that we suffer with, with Buxton. Um, you know, I, I just long for long for someone who can give us a seven out of ten. Who, yeah, all right, you can get forward a bit, but you're also good at defending, which is your primary concern. It's all well and good, books and being capable of putting a decent cross in every now and then, but that's not his job. Um, and I don't think him and Vela make a very good team on the right hand side. If you remember back a few years ago, we had Mark Davies and uh, Mears at right back, um, and Mark Davies would play right side of midfield, and he would just go here, there, and everywhere, leaving Mears hopefully, yeah, which doesn't. Con- no, yeah, not at all. Agree. I think Vela and Buxton have got a similar relationship where I don't think they work particularly well together. Um, and maybe the, the reason why people are coming down on Buxton for being a bit a bit naff is because he's, he's so overexposed by the fact that Vela, despite him supposedly being a defensive midfielder, doesn't give him any cover or anything like that well, at all. Is that not an issue with the formation we're playing as well, which is very nice? Definitely, because that diamond, that diamond's a load of shit. Mm. He, he, yeah, that's why, because Vela... He, he actively drifts towards the middle yeah. of the pitch to get the ball because Sparian's obviously pulling the strings. And um, was it Henry that was playing top of the diamond yesterday? I think it was, wasn't it? So it, Vela, because of his, his natural instinct as a footballer, he wants to get in there, gets in and amongst it and, and chase the ball. And like you say, Chris, he, he just leaves it. He leaves Buxton yeah. so exposed. And when, when Buxton's playing against someone who's got a yard of pace like, like Agard yesterday, he's got no chance. Mm, but you know, it's what we've got at the moment. I, I still think I don't obviously I wasn't there today, so I don't know when he did look like he got rinsed twice for the goal and then for the penalty. But I think Buxton, especially as you said, Chris, he's not played too many games so far and has been thrown into deep. No, nope. so. and, and again, again, with every single criticism we give to these players, we're still top of the league and undefeated. Absolutely, so yeah, ultimate, ultimately, 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 you know, does it really matter? Probably not. Well. Beavers and Weeter, you know, the the combo. How are they on Saturday, Chris? As solid as ever? Um, well, yeah, I think Beavers is. Um, Weeter appears to have dropped off massively by my reckoning. Um, I don't ever remember being that delighted the fact that he was re-signed in the first place. But, you know, granted, he started the season really well. But I think against Southend, he was average. And I think against uh, Milton Keynes, he was pretty poor, to be honest. Um, which again is maybe a, a mirror of his entire time at the club anyway, so perhaps we shouldn't be that surprised that he's taken that kind of inconsistent turn. Um, I just think he suffers a little bit from from being a, just a, an inconsistent player who doesn't really get in the groove of playing because he's out often, out injured so often. And I think this might be one of those times where, um, and I, I, I'm loath to call for the inclusion of Dorian DeVete, not that he's available anyway. But our, uh, it's another example of how our lack, our lack of proper strength in depth could cost us over the course of a long season like we've got because up front, we're seeing it at the moment and in defence, maybe we've, we've not got the, the luxury of dropping him and having a go because there's no holding anymore. There's no uh, Devi while he's out injured for the, the, the foreseeable future. I mean, if Weeter or Beavers get, in, get injured, who else is there? Apart from maybe Tom Thorpe, who apparently... 
Derek, yeah, but I don't really think Derek's a central defender, and, and we'll come on to that talk later on. So that it wouldn't come into my way of thinking there. Uh, but as a combination, they're both perfectly acceptable. And for every single negative thing I say, just think where we are in the league and just imagine it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Johnny? Sorry, who was that, mate? You broke up a little bit there. Just said your name. Talk about Beavers and Wheater. Oh, did you? Sorry, I was. I also couldn't hear you, but I was thinking about how much I love Beavers. Mm. Um, <laughs> well, Don't he's never going to get injured. Yeah, it, yeah, well, well, Chris. I beg to differ. But <laughs> um, Mark Beavers will never get injured because he's made of pure steel. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I thought he was really good again yesterday. Um, he just he just reads the game so well and he, he's so good at this level. And I think it's a crying shame that he's not played in the Championship for uh, sort of like last season and, and seasons before that, like a Championship regular defender, someone like Richard Keogh. Derby, who's been there for so long, that I think he's he's on that level, and I know he looks a lot better in League One, but he's he's just really good, and I'm surprised he's actually not captain, because um, yeah, he, he he loves. Sometimes I just watch him and him only, and he is. I think he'll um, get a goal. I think he might get the armband next couple of games. You know, that yeah, and he does actually. There's not many body. Well. There's not not really anybody else who you think yeah. will be stepping up. It's gonna be. Well, Vela Vela wore it. Vela wore it. Uh, was it against Everton under twenty threes? Which I you know we don't talk about. No, but oh, did Vela play that as well? Didn't he? Yeah, he, he did play. Yeah, he did. So, mm. which is, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't really matter if he doesn't because he's he's still uh, he's still still really good. And I think him and Wheater complement each other very well. I know we normally have a centre half with a little bit more pace than the other. And arguably, I'd say Beavers is quicker than Wheater. Mm. Um, what they didn't do. What they didn't do yesterday which was interesting and I think it's because of the absence of both Wilson and Moxie is put uh, Beavers on the keeper for throw-ins sort of in and around the opposition's penalty area which they did against Sheffield United and they've done it a few other games but I don't know why they've stopped it because we've nearly scored a couple of times from doing it because he's mm. so tall um, it really causes yeah it really causes problems but they didn't do it yesterday and that must be because Buxton's too tired to be able to get up to the other end of the pitch to take the throw in and um, Taylor I don't know must just not be able to throw it very far well um, Tom what do you think of the centre back pairing on Saturday yeah I really liked Beavers as everyone else probably did Uh, it was an instinctive finish Um, he commanded the defence I think Wheater was you know like Chris said he was just not very inspiring he did his job all right. He didn't, you know, cost us anything, but he just looks like he has a mistake in him. Yeah, we, we've known that over the years. Andrew Taylor finally got the nod over Dean Moxie, who was dropped to the bench after, cost, after you know, a poor performance against South End. How did they do, Chris? Fine. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, you know, that's the first time I've ever seen him play, I think, uh, other than the, uh, the five minutes he got at the end of South End. Yeah, seemed to get forward all right. Seemed all right in the challenger. But I remember being told before he signed by a Reading fan who saw him play last season that he'll give you, you know, seven out of ten every week. So what more can you ask for in a fullback? It's not the most glamorous of positions. It's not gonna. I don't think a fullback's ever won a game for anybody. But yeah, it's good to have somebody that didn't cost us, which Moxie for all his efforts has done. Quite content. How do you think of Taylor and his first start? He was. I thought he was really good first half. Did some. He saved us a couple of times from the counter attack with with some great covering. 
Um, got back really quickly and got across when when they got in behind um, Bavers and Weeter. Fucking Bavers. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad. we're having that. Still, that that's a season long thing. So <laughs> strap in. Um, um, what was I going to say? But I'll tell you what he can't do. Fucking cross a football. What the fuck is wrong with him? <laughs> oh my goodness. Jesus. Every single time we got four left hand side in the in the second half. Like all you gotta do is whip it in, man. It's not hard. You get your foot round it and you loft it. You just can't do it. Like he crosses probably crosses like your daughter, Chris. It's fucking dreadful. Like it's just You've inexcusable. <laughs> It's just inexcusable, and I don't, I don't know why, he, uh, why he can't cross it. But other than that, he was, yeah, very much seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you agree with that assessment, Tom? Yeah, I agree with that. Nothing he did really jumped out at me, and that's usually a good thing for a fullback. Like um, when MK Dons attacked and they would go near him, I wasn't panicking or anything. Oh, but okay. I wasn't like, oh, Antisello's got this. Does he? But yeah. Does he keep his space in the team ahead of Moxie for the foreseeable then? I'd say so. Okay, Jay Spearing, was he as good as he was against Southend, Chris? Definitely, yeah. Um, he's proper architect in midfield, but he'll probably get a zero out of ten because he got booked and he got suspended, which I think is, uh, yeah. for a player of his experience, five bookings in seven games is inexcusable, if you, if you ask me. They've all been stupid bookings. I mean, I think he got it for dissent on Saturday, which, firing off sure. reference, Referee was being an arsehole, but you're the captain. You're the most important oh, player. Don't don't put yourself in that stupid situation. So everything good he did is negated by the fact that we've now got to do without him for the next yeah. couple of games. I'd, I'd I'd bring Derek in personally to we'll, to well, introduce. Don't, the, don't don't bother Lord too yet. We need to drag this running time out somehow. We'll get onto that. Have you been have you been speaking to my missus? Um, there's no problem. There's no problem with that. <laughs> but, um, sparing, sparing, sparing was sparing was really good. Um, you know, he, he, I don't know where he's found this new, new this new ability to take top quality set pieces from. Mm. Um, but we're becoming really dangerous at that, and that's one thing I forgot to mention for Weeter. Uh, he missed two really good chances, really good chances at weekend um, with his head. So we should really be looking to take advantage of these good crosses that we're getting. Sparing definitely played really well. Um, he's going to be sorely missed, so much so I, I think we're going to lose against Walsall. But carry on. Interesting, interesting. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, he's still our best player, but <clears throat> Spearing getting booked is sort of like a death and taxes thing. Mm. You know it's going to happen, but you just pray it doesn't um, a game where he could get suspended for the next one. But you just, yeah. he just can't, you know, his passion takes over sometimes. I must say, I'd much rather have him suspended for Walsall than for Bradford, because we need him for that. That's, yeah. that is, I can't even comprehend how big a game that's going to be. But Johnny, what do you reckon is Spearing's showing? He he was good. I thought he loves the tackle, so I'm not surprised he's been booked. He, I think the only player I can remember ever, ever amassing that many yellow cards in such a short space of time is Kevin Nolan. Mm-hmm. At some stage, I can't remember what season he was, but I just seem to remember him getting banned really early on. Uh, like Chris said, it's not acceptable from a captain, particularly to to pick up that many yellows. Um, but I think, yeah, we're really going to miss him. I thought yesterday in the second half, he got caught ball watching quite a few times. He he was kind of a, another victim of us taking our foot off the gas way too early. Um, but all in all, yeah, he played pretty well. And he, he's, I think I said to my uh, my uncle yesterday, he, he looks really good at this this level because he's much better than, than this. He's, he's very much a championship player. He's obviously he's pre- played in the Premier League as well, so 
he's no stranger to to the game, um, and I just think at the moment he's a he's a very big fish in in quite a small pond, mm. which is why he's looking so good. It's not a bad thing, obviously, for us, but I think we. I'm not sure we'll lose next week, but we will, we will miss him. You touched on Vela earlier, Chris. Was he as as bad as everyone seems to be saying? It, it's one of them. He wasn't bad. He wasn't horrible, but he just doesn't. He's just not kicked on. I don't think this season. I know he scored a goal, a couple of goals, a few weeks ago, um, and he's getting a, a chance in midfield every week. But he's a bit of a plodder, a bit of a plodder to me. And when he's in the team with Trotter, who is equally as plodding, I just think our midfield looks really static. Um, and I don't know whether he needs to have a bit of time out or what, what have you. But he's not performing as I want him to perform. And I've got such high hopes for him because, like I said on previous podcasts, I've followed him from the, the reserves all the way up to the, the first team and I've always been dead, dead of an advocate to him and I feel a bit disloyal um, coming out that I don't think he played very well, but I really don't think he played well at all against Milton Keynes. Um, I've said before that he's the slowest, most deceptively slow player I think I've ever seen in my life. I know he's only a young lad, but he just can't run. Um, and he was blown out of his arse after 20 minutes. So I think something needs to change with Vela, whether it is that he goes back to full-back, I don't know, or whether it is that he perseveres in midfield and perhaps he just changes and grows as he gets older and more experienced. Um, but yeah, he, he wasn't that good for me. Um, uh, and maybe he's another one that's benefiting from the fact that we we haven't got that much strength in depth in midfield, so much so that he's not he's going to get dropped next week. So I really don't think he is. Interesting. I think our lack of a midfielder's... You know, through injuries and stuff is a big, you know, problem there. But I think Definitely. it's the formation. I think the formation's just. I don't know. I thought Vela was really good last week and has been very good this season. In, in total, in that right midfield role, however exposed it's left Buxton. But I just don't like the diamond. The last time we had a diamond that worked was when Dougie Friedman had Marcus Alonso at left back, and he was good then. Don't try and deny it. And that's when we were really good. You know, we nearly got the playoffs if it went for. If it weren't for Friedman fucking about and bringing Hall in for no reason and switching the diamond up to like a 4-3-3 or whatever it was, we probably would have got the playoffs that year. And with the form we were in, who knows, we could have fucking made it. But alas, he's a cunt. And there's been there's a thing going round on the old Facebook on, about something Kevin Davis has said about him on a, in a chat or something. Yeah, has anybody seen that? I've only just had, had a quick look at it in brief. I've not seen the full thing. Does anybody know what was said? I've not, no, but it doesn't look... No, I've not. I've not watched it. I'm going to watch it when we finish this. Well, um, how about you turn your mic down and go and watch it now and like report back? Oh, I'll do it. I'm not sure. Is Chris technologically able to do I'm, that? I'm so I do it. The request was to you. Oh, right, OK. I'm, yeah, I'm, 30, I'm, I'm 33, mate. You're lucky I've, got, lucky I've even logged on to Skype. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just don't like the diamond, mate. It's just not. You need fast and capable fullbacks to do it, and we just don't have that. Moxie can Moxie can get forward, but he, enough for the width, but he, he has nothing defensively. Max Lonzo back then, he did have. He was fairly alright defensively and could get forward in bounds, so it was very good. But Tom, what do you think of Vela? It was a very Mark Davis-esque performance for me. You were just kind of going through the motions the whole game. Mm-hmm. Just not, not everywhere, but not really having an effect. Yeah, you were just a very unambitious performance all around from him. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like everyone was on a bit of a down. I hope it was just an off day, because I am a fan of Josh Feller. Mm-hmm. He's got a good chant at the minute as well. When it gets started on a weird days. I like it. 
very much. Now, I think Johnny's still our way watching the video, so we'll move on to Liam Trotter, who I think's had a decent start to the season, Chris, but he seems like he didn't play too well on Saturday, yesterday. Yeah, he's another one who's just a bit of a plodder in midfield. He seems to do nothing particularly well, and I wonder whether that's the fact that the formation doesn't suit him, that, that playing on the, the side of the um, it doesn't allow him to really get forward as much as maybe you would like to, and it perhaps relies on him a little bit more defensive than he's capable of. But he's a tidy passer, uh, and he's got a physical presence. I would just like to see him use both of those attributes a bit more going forward. Interesting, interesting. Tom, what do you reckon of him? This game was like a metaphor for his career, because he started off quite well, and then he just fell off quite drastically. Yeah, I just... Mm, I, I hope he... Because I have been impressed with Lean Trotter this season. So, like, as I said about Josh Feller, I hope this was just an off day for him. Yeah, I've, I've, I don't know. I feel like Trotter, when we have players fit, he's not starting. But, I don't know. I mean, he is, he is a quite a calm and composed pass from the ball. He, I know. think he knows that as well. I think that does yeah, play in. Because I think he knows that if we did have all of our midfielders fit, he wouldn't probably get a sniff in. Would Prattley be better than him? Do you think we'd be better off with Prattley there instead of Trotter at the minute? Yeah, I'd say so. What do you think, Chris? I mean, has got more obvious energy, but I think Trotter's better on the ball. Um, so it's a bit of an awkward one, really, where you, you have to sacrifice one for the other. Um, and yeah. as long as you've got somebody with two legs and a head, I would always leave Darren Prattley out of the team. <laughs> Scathing words. Still got another year and a half on his contract yet, so... <laughs> <laughs> the joys, the joys. And don't forget, he's captain. James Henry made his second start for Bolton played the tip of the diamond again I've not heard many people raving about him but how was he Chris? Yeah it's the same as last week really it was a few tidy touches but I don't think he's anywhere near fit um, and the fact that he was frozen out at Wolves hints at the fact that he's perhaps not uh, not anywhere near where we need him to be as yet but again he showed a few nice touches um, and when he's on full form I should think he'll be a real asset for us but he just needs to get involved a bit more maybe decide what he wants to do, whether we're going to play him as a winger, whether we're going to play him up top. Uh, sorry, in, 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 the, in the midfield mix. Um, but I like him. I think he's got, got talent. Um, he's got a very Chris Eagles-esque approach to tackling, which doesn't sit well with some with some people. But, you know, I don't want my flair players getting stuck in. I want them to do fancy flicks and tricks and shit like that. So I think we won't be disappointed in, in him in the grand scheme of things. But I just think he needs to toughen up and uh, to find some fitness, which I'm sure he will over the coming weeks because we're sparing going out. We can't really drop him in order to bring him on with 10 minutes to go here, there and everywhere. Mm -hmm. So he's in the team to stay. Um, and I should think I should think he would improve fairly quickly given the, the quality he's obviously got. Yeah, again, to me, he just screams winger. He needs to be played at wide, given space to run into, be explosive rather than trying to be no we haven't got, in the middle. We haven't got any forwards who can head the ball, though, so you know, it, it seems it seems a bit a bit pointless to uh, to devote all our time to playing players like that when they're not really going to have um, a target man to work towards. But I, I get your point. It would make sense given where he's played previously. But I just hark back to the fact that he's playing a, a league below where he probably should be playing. And he was so successful in this league last time he was down here that we've got to just let him go with the flow. Mm, maybe so, maybe so. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, I like James Henry. I think he'll come good eventually. <clears throat> like Chris said, he had he did have a few moments in the game where I was like, oh yeah, this guy's good. And uh, I, I was initially confused with him getting taken off, but as you said, like he's been struggling with fitness and stuff, so it did make sense. Mm -hmm. Johnny, are you back with us? Yes, I am. Um... Do you have a report for us? No, I couldn't watch it. It wasn't working. Um, <laughs> you know I mean? I've been here. 
I've been here. For, yeah, go on, Tom. I, I've been here for, for quite some time, actually. But you, you, you just moved on from subject to subject so quickly. I was just like, you I'll you just make your presence known. So I know I couldn't because I can't, can't get a fucking word in Edge. It's like talking to my missus. <laughs> well, the floor um, is talk about Vela, Trotter, and Henry. Uh, Vela, I thought Vela for me is a central midfielder. He doesn't play on the left of a diamond. Doesn't play on the right. Doesn't play defensively. Mm-hmm. He plays in the middle. He plays on the fucking centre spot. That's where he should play. Like Steven Gerrard, but <laughs> a, like a bit shit. So th- th- he needs to play there, not a right back. I-, I I have lied to him at right back in the past, and I've said that I have. But that's where he needs to play. Otherwise, he's completely out of position, which is why he drifts and uh, gets caught. Liam Trotter is the worst footballer in the world, um, and I can't I actually can't think of one thing he did or what he where he was involved in something positive or negative or anything last. We may as well play with ten men. It, there was a point. In fact, I can't. There was a point we were going forward in the second half, and it was it was one of them where somebody breaks up an attack, and we we go on the counter, and the, the crowd are getting behind him and stuff, and Trotter had the ball, and he, he like he, he looks a bit frightened. He's, he doesn't know what to do with it. He looks like he's either going to fall over it, or his his mind just doesn't work as quickly as his legs, or I don't I don't know, he, or maybe he just takes drugs before a game. I don't know. Allegedly, I don't think any. Um, I don't think he knows. Huxley, at Johnny Eccleston said that. And yeah, sorry. I mean, yeah. Henry, I was actually going to give him um, my man of the match uh, in the first in the first ten fifteen minutes. I was like, what a game! Like, he's, I think he's playing really well. And if he carries on playing like this, he's going to walk away with it. Alas, that's not who I'm going to give it to um, because he started really well. First twenty minutes, thought he was really good when. When Proctor dropped deep to get the ball, um, he would like push on and support Anderson, which I thought was really good, which I don't think there's anybody in our team, bar Mark Davis, that's got the nous to do that. Um, and I thought he was, he was really good. He, he just got involved and he, he, he likes shooting from distance as well, which is um, something that I, I think we don't do enough. Uh, and then he just kind of, I don't know, I don't know what happened to him. He literally went missing. He, then he just got a bit shit in the first half, and then the second half. Well, he he got take. When did he get taken off? It was quite late in the game, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it, was, it was about fifteen minutes to go or something like that. It was quite. He late. should he should have been brought off way before then, because um, he was just a passenger in the game, just really really poor. Um, and I agree with what you said, Chris. I think he's he's good to have in the team. He knows how to do it at this level. Uh, he scored some great goals against us, but. Like they say, he's been frozen out. I don't know how old is he. Do you know? I don't know. I probably say I probably say late twenties. Looking at his hairstyle, yeah. to be honest, he's not, and and, it, and his boots. Yeah, um, he's not. Yeah, he's not too old. I think he's a good player, but maybe he just needs a few more games. I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I don't, I don't know if he played at Wolves before he signed for us. He did, and he got frozen out when he started buying all these fancy players from um, from Portugal. Oh right. No, I mean, is, is he played this season? Yeah. No, he's not played at all this season until he signed for us. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. So yeah. if he if he's obviously still a bit a little bit uh, lacking in, in match fitness and I'm not sure the next couple of games are gonna do him any good either because they're, they're gonna be gonna be uh difficult as we change the team around and then like Dan said that game against Bradford's gonna be massive. It certainly is. Um, another player making his second start for Bolton was Keshi Anderson. Not heard quite as many raving about him this week. So how do they do, Chris? 
No, he, he was he wasn't anywhere near as good as he was the week before. But we didn't play to his strengths again. Um, we, he was forced to come deep looking for the ball because Proctor, useless waste of space that he is, um, was just um, he just left him so isolated by playing wide. It meant that Anderson had to come short to get the ball, which he's a little fella. And granted, he went in and made the best of it. He's a strong lad too. But he was forced to out so far out of position that he was no threat at all on goal. And the one chance he had to run through, um, he, he had a one-on-one with a defender and he didn't trust in his pace either. I don't think that's a lack of experience or confidence or what. But he took the shot really early and shot from about 20 yards out and the keeper just swallowed it up. So I expected more from him and I was a bit disappointed that I didn't get it. Um, but I still think at the moment he's our best striker. But <clears throat> the performance of the two up front as a combination didn't work. Um, and it made me pine for Medine, which I didn't think was possible in, in all of humankind. Um, so, yes, a, a pretty disappointing, to be honest. Fair enough, fair enough. Johnny, do you agree? Yeah, I think Proctor and Gary Medine will be able to play together. I know we're talking about Anderson here, but Proctor and uh, Medine will be able to play together at some stage because although Proctor masquerades as a, a big centre-forward who holds the ball up well. He's actually quite selfish in terms of, of being a centre-forward. Rather than staying in position and letting, sort of acting as a pivot for the attack, he goes looking for the ball, which, like Chris said, means that um, whoever he's playing alongside, whether it's Anderson or Clough in the future or whatever, then becomes isolated. And when it's, it tends to be a smaller player like that who thrives like Anderson did against Southend, thrives off uh, the knockdowns and, and the bigger player acting as a pivot, then they, then they struggle. And that's why Anderson was sort of forced to go looking for it himself. And they were operating as individuals rather than a team. And I think that's Proctor's fault rather than, than Anderson's. Um, and I, I just, I don't get Proctor. He spends more time moaning than he does holding the ball up. And I, I think um, Anderson and Medine will be a much better partnership and I thought we missed Medine actually yesterday um, Anderson looks sharp he makes good runs he looks alright with the ball at his feet but he never really had a sniff yesterday unfortunately and uh, he looked disappointed when he got brought off yeah well, that's good it's good to know he's got hunger in him I suppose and wants to be on the pitch hopefully we learn to play to his strength sooner rather than later Tom what did you think of his performance whose performance Keshi I think we're still on Anderson aren't we yeah, I, I liked Kesha. Um I think he, because you were talking earlier about the striker who just, the striker that we've kind of cultivated who just complained at the referee constantly trying to win mm-hmm. free kicks. And that's not Kesha's style. Because he's quite a small man, but he's very strong. He gets stuck in, and his finishing isn't that bad either. So, yeah, I think I think his finishing could be worked on. But I think once he gets a few games under his belt, he'll be our best striker. Yeah, he's only just he's only just making his way in the game in Anderson, so it's a bit harsh was maybe to, to slag him off that much. Um, I just think we need to learn how to play to his strengths. He perhaps needs to learn how to play within our constraints. But I think him and Henry have got potential um, as a partnership. I think when Henry gets it, finds his feet, I can see him slipping a few tasty uh, through balls through for Anderson to run on. And he's that fast. I'd, I'd like to see us try and just pop the ball over the top as well um, and let him run onto it and see what damage he could do. Maybe have him running the channels rather than Proctor. Oh, we're talking about Proctor, Al. Right, OK. Um, uh, Proctor. Oh, God. Well, I, I did mention last week with a slightly sarcastic air that when I saw him play against Southend, my uh, shit footballer amateur was wearing at super speed. Um, I'm afraid, lads, it's gone up a notch um, from, from 
previous week. I just don't see it. Um, I know I've only seen him play for a game and 15 minutes, um, but I didn't like his approach. I didn't like the way that he, he conducted himself on the pitch. I didn't really like his attitude that much either. Um, he found himself way out of position on, on the sides, getting involved, which is obviously not a positive thing. I'm not going to have a go for that. But he's a cent- supposed to be a centre-forward, and I don't think he had a single shot all game. So it's very admirable that he was working hard and, and trying, to, trying to force something to happen. But he's not going to score any goals out on the left flank, fighting against defenders who are... Uh, who were giving him a tough old, uh, tough old uh, afternoon. Um, he, he looked good in the air from time to time too, but on the ball, it was a bit sloppy. Again, he, he made me pine for Gary Medine, and, and, and nobody who does that can be a good thing, surely. So I'm not going to give up on him forever, because obviously it's early days, but I thought he was quite poor um, in more than one way. Do you agree, Tom? Yeah, I liked him at Southend last week, because he, like... He did a lot of good stuff on the ball, like he did some decent turns. He but he missed a couple of, sorry to interrupt Tom, but he missed a couple of chances against Southend as well with his head. Um, and so I wonder about his, his finishing ability because he, see, he showed no inclination to get forward to, to be a threat in their box. Uh, and against Southend, he had two relatively straightforward chances and he fluffed them both as well. So uh, I've got more questions and answers at the moment. Yeah, he's much more of a creative striker than he is a mm. finishing striker. Yeah. Um, by the way, I watched that video, so if you want, when you want me to do, do go to tell you. spill the beans. Uh, I did some notes on it. Uh, he described Dougie Friedman's training as we- he described he described Dougie Friedman as a person as weird. Uh, <laughs> he felt the training was sterile. He didn't enjoy football whatsoever while he was playing under him. He couldn't. Uh, Friedman wasn't willing to hold a conversation with Davis at any point. Uh, he had poor man- management. Uh, Davis wanted to finish his career at Bolton, but for whatever reason that Davis ha- actually has no idea why, Gartside fell out with him. And that he made a comment that... It was quite a sad comment as well, because he said, oh, I can never find out why we fell out now. Because obviously, fucking happens to Gartside. Oh, fucking hell. Um, Dougie praised him, uh, Kevin Davis, one, week- one weekend. And then with no explanation, benched him the next and. Dougie wasn't willing to give him an explanation as to why. Uh, he fe- he always felt a friction with Dougie. Um, Dougie Freeman broke the news that he wouldn't be renewing Davis's contracts on Kevin Davis's birthday. And then, <laughs> oh my God! What Belen? I bet I bet Freeman took over in like the in like September, and his birth Davis's October's in uh, fe- birthdays in like October or whatever, and he's like, oh, by the way, Kev. You got to play them in front of a seven months, but you're not having a new contract. <laughs> and also, he made the statement, the the press release saying that they wouldn't be renewing Davis's contract while Davis was in the hospital and without Davis's permission. Yeah. Wow. I like to and think it, I like to think that they gave him like a card or something. We're all signed by the playing staff, and <laughs> Dougie. Everyone's put like, "Have a good birthday, Kevin." You know, "Happy birthday, Skipper." And Dougie's put. Happy birthday, Kevin. P.S. You're not giving you a contract, lol. <laughs> and during the last, weeks, during the last yeah. weeks of the first championship season, Ungar got injured. So Davis was obviously like, oh, this will be my chance to prove why I deserve a new contract. But um, Friedman just intentionally snubbed him out of the side and wouldn't let him play. Oh, my God. What a cunt. What a bellend. What a cunt. Oh, my God. So to be fair, I, I met... I think I spoke about this on my first podcast. Um, I met Dougie Friedman last last November, 
at Forest because okay. um, I went there with work. Long story, which won't bore you with. Um, but he he's he's really like he's nice, nice because I was there with a Forest fan, um, and he's really nice. But he, he basically he said um, when he got to Forest, he had loads of pictures up of like um, people that had that had won stuff, even if it was like the youth team. Um, and the, for the first thing he did, he went round himself, took all the pictures off the wall, except for like the like the European Cup winning team, obviously like all the all the big greats who play for Forest. And then he, he got all the youth team in, plus a lot of the younger players. So there were only like six or seven oh, really senior first team lads. I know playing in like the Bundesliga or shit like that. Yeah, he got them all around and pointed at the pictures that he had in his hand and said like, "These are the pictures of you." You're nowhere near as great as these people. You don't deserve. You don't deserve to be on the wall. And then made the player, made the youth players take their own pictures out of the frames and put them in the bin. <laughs> right, right. And then, um, and then, and then, what did he say? Oh, and then he made them all pack up their own shit and go and train somewhere else. And that's like you know the thing you did at Bolton where he kept yeah, them completely separate. That, yeah, and he, he was like, um, you, you can come back here when you deserve a place on the wall. <laughs> Jesus. And he and he, he told he told he told that story with like a smile on his face. <laughs> oh god! Have you ever heard the story about him? He owns um, he owns a, a chain of um, Costa Coffee franchises across the country. Have you ever heard that tale? No. Well, uh, apparently he owns the franchises to about half a dozen Costa Coffee restaurants up, up and down, up and down the country. No, I don't know if anything as specific as that, but um, I can't remember who told me this story. But it's so ridiculous; it must be true that um, even the staff at the Costa Coffees used to say that he was a wanker and that he used to come in the Costa Coffees and the all used to one of them used to spit in his brew before they made him a cup of coffee, and even the fucking. Like, Teenage well, work like experience, to... Costa Coffee staff all hated his guts at the same time. Yeah, teenagers were made man... different Costa shops, completely separate of the same yeah. employees. His, his, man, his man management at fucking Costa Coffee wasn't up to much at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to imagine, uh, do you know those retail parks where you have like multiple yeah. coffee shops? Yeah. He'd go up to the signs and he'd take the Costa Coffee one down and he'd point to the Starbucks sign and say, this only when your coffee is up to the standards of theirs. That's right. He, he, he walks <laughs> around with all the um, all, all the pictures and all the pictures of, of lattes and loads of froth artists. You're not good enough to make coffee like that. You, you, <laughs> come back to me when you can do a, a shamrock on St. Patrick's Day on top of an up chocolate. Oh, the, yeah. the, the wall of all the employees of the month gets them all around, takes them off. <laughs> you fuckers, you've proven nothing yet until you... Doggy, oh my word! As if he time was it. Well, I don't, I don't even know what we're talking about, but that's a lovely diversion. To play for our club, I had to leave because of that fucking cunt. Jesus Christ! You know what? We all thought it was a good move at the time. I bet he never said it to Mrs. Usher in the future. Jesus, I bet he never told Mrs. Davis, Mrs. Davis, at the same time. Anyway, we're on about Proctor. Has anybody got anything else to add about old Jamie? Um, I said what I said about him earlier. Mm. Um, I think he he just he they were they were operating as as individuals because of Proctor. Um, he, he's like he, he he just wants the ball all the time, but not in a good way. Like it's almost like when he's just going into places that he's not supposed to be. It's like just fucking get in the middle of the pitch, 
let them get the ball to you and then you can do what you're supposed to do. Don't go looking for it. You go into places that you're not supposed to be. Like, I'm all for centre-forwards coming deep to get the ball, but not so deep as he was and then not doing anything with it. And he just and then he'd pass it out wide or whatever and just not go and join the attack. He's just It's just all wrong. He's just got his game all wrong at the moment. And Parky must rate him because he obviously signed him on loan last year and he wouldn't be with us unless... Uh, unless he rated him when he was at Bradford. So I don't know if he's just sort of still settling in or, or what, excuse me, or whatever, but is he, has he had an injury, like, seriously? Yeah, or quite niggly this year, hasn't he? Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but I hope he gets better because I had high hopes for him in my mm. season preview. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We had three subs on Saturday. Uh, Samuel Miobi came on with half an hour to go. Chris Taylor and Tom Thorpe both came on with three minutes to go. So there's not much to say about Taylor and Thorpe, I imagine. But with Samuel Miobi, I want to ask Chris, did he look tired and, like, goosed by the end of the game? Because I had when I did my scout report on him, a Cardiff fan and a Newcastle fan both said, completely separate of each other, that um, Miobi has quite chronic asthma and suffers from it, and which means his stamina is fucking shit, and which might be why he's only never really made it in the game proper. And... You know, he's only he's only being used as a substitute for now. Did he look tired at all? Um, can you hear me now? By the way, my microphone was playing up before. Yeah, he sent time. All right, good. Um, I just think he maybe it's because he's not that good at football. To be honest with you, that's the reason why he's not made it so far. Um, I've read those re- those rumours as well. Um, you know, it's, it's I suppose it's perfectly possible, but I wouldn't have thought that someone like that would be able to make a career in any respect because what club's going to pay someone a fair amount of money if they can only play 10 minutes every week but it's possible um, I didn't think he looked especially knackered but I just think that's just his style you know his language is a bit um, gangly around the pitch isn't he um, mm-hmm. I, I can see it be, I can see it being true because that would that would that would explain a lot of things that uh, that don't seem to have rational explanations at the moment but I, I don't think I noticed anything too outrageous I, as a player I don't know what I think about him, to be honest, because he's so unpredictable. But I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. Um, he comes on and gets the ball. He can keep it and he can run with it, no problem. But what, his end product is, is woeful. Um, what do you think, Johnny? I think he, he's all right. And he's not got... It's so weird. I was saying this yesterday. Like When he gets the ball, it looks like he hasn't got pace, but his legs are so long and he takes like giant strides, whereas someone like small and fast would take three steps he just takes one he's like the bfg so weird um but i agree his, his end product is not great um it didn't seem to be yesterday I, there were so many people who sit near me saying oh he's so good against south end um and I, I don't think he's really gonna gonna light up at us at all and the fact that he's at a, a former well they were a premier league club and then he, he went out on loan several times He's only really played a few games for Newcastle, went to Cardiff, didn't do great. And now he's come down to League One to get football. Says it all, really. Um, especially with the amount of money that Newcastle are spending on players. I just don't think there's a place for him. And when his contract runs out, um, I don't think he'll he'll get it renewed there. But he, he just, yeah, he's, he's all right. And whether he, he has got asthma or not, I don't know. Ivan Klasnic's played with one kidney, so it's, it's, it's possible. Mm. Uh, Tom, what do you think of Amiobi? It's very weird because um, against Southend, I really liked him, but yesterday I, he was—he didn't impress me whatsoever. Uh, going back to what Chris said earlier about if a striker makes your wish for Gary Medine, that's a bad sign. 
if a winger makes your wish for Liam Feeney, I think that's a worse sign. Mm. And that's what happened yesterday with me. Sammy Omid, he just, whenever he got into a truly dangerous position, because, like, when he's on the wings, like, on the flanks, he can do some fancy shit and get into, you know, good positions. But when it actually comes down to it, like, okay, let's make a goal, he just doesn't do anything. Mm. And he had a really good chance to score as well, and he just kind of tore up onto it in the general direction of the goalkeeper. Yeah, it seems like it. Well, that is the one one draw of MK Dons comprehensively covered. We'll move on to Walsall next week. As we've alluded to, no spearing. Who comes in for him in that vital defensive midfield role, Chris? Oh, it's got to be Derek. Uh, I don't think there's anybody else we can realistically choose given the, uh, the lack of options that we've got. Um, yeah, get Derek in there. He can use his passing. Maybe see if that can free, spear, uh, free Trotter sorry, to push forward a little bit. And I think that'll increase our attacking option, options at the same time. So Derek, without a question. Is it Derek for you, Johnny, or do you reckon Tom Thorpe might fit in there? Absolutely, Derek. Tom Thorpe looks like he should be, I don't know, Scapier somewhere in the Philippines. Yeah, like yeah, somewhere in short, <laughs> somewhere in Shoreditch with wearing white socks and with his chinos rolled up halfway up his leg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he, he just, yeah, he he looks like a walking parody. Um, yeah, it should be Derek. He was outstanding at the end of last season under Phillips in that role. And whether Parky likes him there or not, or thinks he's a centre half, I don't know. But he, he, there's a precedent for him to play there. And if he doesn't, I'll be very upset. Do you agree with that, Tom? Absolutely. I'm a huge Derek Sadie fan, so I hope it happens. Mm-hmm. I think we all are. Is there any other tactical changes we'd make, Chris? No, I don't think so. I can. I just think that if we can make put Derek in for uh, for spearing, that I don't know if Medina or Clough are going to be fit, but I would make a change up front with. Um, I'd keep Anderson in on the break, but I'd maybe fetch uh, Medina if we possibly can. Clough, I won't play uh, straight away. It's going to be a physical game against Walsall, um, and let's just hope we get a referee who knows his ass from his elbow as well. Mm-hmm. Well, the chance of that. Yeah. Any changes you'd make, Johnny Alton? Um, no, I think I agree with Chris. Would where do you play Clough? Just to end on a bit of a debate, where where do you play Clough? It's got to be. I, I don't. Do you think? I, I don't know. I don't think he's a finisher. I think he's got to play up up top. I think he's got to be. A, he's a finisher, um, and he's got. Oh yeah, no, I won't play them together. They're both two. They're both two uh, two similar stature. But I think Anderson. Um, one up front would be an, would be an option if you had the, the player behind him who could play those balls. Through. Whether that's Henry or Clough, then I think that could be an option. But I, I would certainly rather see Clough up front where I think he's probably the best finisher we've got at the club. I think for now, though, with his injury problems, I think if he is fit, you keep him as an impact sub for now because you know he started one game and then was yeah, I agree. I agree. So, is there any is there anything else anyone would like to add? No, I've said my piece about Thorpe looking like a hipster. I had to get that in there. I've been thinking about it since quarter past, well, for over an hour now. Uh, that I needed to say it. It's very I'm good. It was a good line. I'm sure. One thing I, I want to just. Uh, I'm, gonna get a picture, gone, I'm just going to get a picture from Twitter. Carry on. Just let me do this. Yeah, <laughs> one thing just to say as well in general podcast news, we were supposed to have. Uh, the chairman suddenly Anderson on tonight. Um, he, he pulled out, you know, uh, yesterday apparently. But last oh, for those of for those of you that don't know, that's uh, at Super Agent Forty Seven. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, that's right. Seventy three. So, so yeah, we appealed for people to send in um, questions for him. So for the two people that did, and one of them 
was one of our own lads. Uh, we apologise no, for this. We did two questions from podcast. Twitter people. I saw them. We did. Do you, do you, do you want to ask them to me? Uh, what's it like being a football agent and how do you get into the industry, Chris? Uh, yeah, it's fucking ace, mate. Um, and I'm just really good at football. <laughs> right. <laughs> and detail move on. Should we move on? We'll try and get that sorted, hopefully. But who knows? No promises. We did our bet. We can only wait and see now, isn't it? Just indeed. Um, predictions for Warsaw, Chris. Score. Um. Yeah. No sparing is a big problem. Um. No real firepower, big problem. So one nil defeat. Johnny. I'm going to say another draw. Nil-nil. Tom? In the words of DJ Khaled, another one point. <laughs> Very <laughs> good. <laughs> Maybe that's how we should do it from now on. Maybe we should do that from now on, where we're never doing match predictions. It's got to be in the form of a, of a, a musical song title. <laughs> well, in the words of Ty Dillinger, who you don't... Ah, Tom will know. I think we'll get a perfect 10 and win 10 nil. So there we go. That's... That's an NXT reference, you cheeky sod. It certainly is. Has been the Line of the NS Week podcast, episode 63. Thank you very much for joining us on your listening ventures. It's been a pleasure having you. Of course, you, you know, you've got this podcast probably through iTunes. You could rate, subscribe, give us five stars, give us a little cheeky review, all that stuff. Very highly appreciated. And if not, you can go over to lineofvianasweet.com for all of the old writing on everything Bolton Wanderers and that. You can get Line of Vienna Street on Twitter. You can get Chris on Twitter at 19manning83. You can get Johnny on Twitter at Johnny Ecclesley. You can get Tom on Twitter at Cult of Wilson, which I've also always loved. It's a great Twitter handle, I must say. And you can get me on Twitter at Mabroski. And so, lads, if there's nothing else to say, it's time to say goodbye. So, say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Say goodbye, Johnny. Goodbye, Johnny. <laughs> Say goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, Tom. I hope you all die. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs> C'est la vie. Say goodbye, Dan. Fuck off. Say it. <laughs> goodbye, Dan. Yes. There you go. Goodbye.